Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. It's uh, great to be back with New Song Family Church. We miss you guys, and uh, it's always an honor to be able to, to speak to you. I wish it was two ways. I wish I could hear you and speak to you at the same time. Uh, we are so glad to be coming to you again, and we are anticipating the day when we get to be back with you. So the Bible in Galatians 5, we've been going through the book of Galatians. Galatians 5 verse 1 says that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Paul encourages us in verse 1, he says, stand firm. In other words, hold fast, uh, and don't let yourself be put again into some kind of slavery. Most people who are in prison actually want to get out. But in July of 2011, a man by the name of Randall Lee Church intentionally burned a house down so he could be arrested and put back into prison. He had been released in April of that same year, and he couldn't adjust. Everything, he said, had gone so fast without him when he was in prison, he just couldn't make it. Church, who was 46 at the time, admits that he did it. Uh, he already has pleaded guilty to arson and is going back to prison where he spent 26 years uh, for fatally stabbing a man. This is what he said. He said, stepping out into freedom, since I didn't know how to use computers or cell phones or the internet. The weirdest thing was walking into a grocery store and have parents hide their children from me like I was supposed to jump on them. Fed up on July the 10th, 96 days after he was released from prison, he poured petrol through a window of, the, of an empty house, then threw in flaming rags and paper towels, setting the place on fire. Three days later, he turned himself in by treating himself to a hamburger, french fries, and two chocolate shakes at a restaurant. He said he savored every taste knowing he only had 31 cents in his pocket, not enough to pay for the meal. Then he asked the waitress to call the police, saying he didn't want to cause a scene. So, he's in jail today because he couldn't handle freedom. What is it with us that insist on going back into slavery? Uh, we're called to be free. We're told by Paul not to go back to slavery. Do we not understand what freedom is or how to operate in freedom? God desires for us to be free, not just from the punishment of our sin, but freedom into life. Free to enjoy eternity in relationship with our Creator. Galatians 5, uh, 1 and following, gives us very, very practical steps on, on how to actually truly be not just free from judgment, not just free from hell, not just free from Satan's condemnation, but actually free into life in Christ. Our problem is very much like Randall Lee. We put ourselves back into slavery uh, by doing good works uh, or other things to get God's approval. And, and thus we dismiss uh, the one thing that actually God has done for us. We place aside the work of God and we put our own work in place. We try to keep the law to get God's approval instead of just resting in the forgiveness that God gives. Uh, a lot of people call that uh, legalism, and we condemn ourselves by doing so. 
We also can contaminate ourselves with uh, thinking by lies, specifically the lie that we can earn our salvation. So we actually uh, try to keep the law and so replace the work of Christ on the cross. And then we contaminate our thinking with the, the lie that we believe that somehow by, by just being good enough, God will actually save us. And this contaminates all of our thinking. Paul compares this. He says in verse 9 of Galatians 5, he says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. He's saying a little yeast spreads throughout the whole lump of bread. Um, so just like yeast will spread throughout the whole loaf and contaminate uh, the, the bread or, you know, uh, breathe through the bread, uh, as we do not accept the gift of God freely uh, from the Spirit of God, then our thinking becomes contaminated and we continue a lifestyle of trying to earn God's favor. We can also, uh, Paul says, we can also, in our freedom, give, give ourselves permission to sin just because we can. We use our freedom to sin, like Randall Lee did, where he actually threw fire into a house and burned it. Uh, just because you can, do, you can do something doesn't mean you should. I'm old enough, I'm mature enough, I should have the right to destroy myself and others, right? No. Randall didn't understand that his freedom wasn't to sin again and put himself back into slavery, but his freedom was actually to enjoy life of freedom. He never learned how to enjoy life. So, we've actually been freed in Christ uh, to, to enjoy him and to have the, the complete total fruit of his spirit working and moving in us. So, freedom doesn't give us permission and justification to go back into sin. But when we do that, we are actually intentionally placing ourselves back into slavery, back into the discipline of God, and, and back into, for many of us, uh, depression. We often park between salvation from punishment, uh, but never move into the freedom that we can have by living in the Spirit uh, after we've become a believer. So we teeter in between salvation and life in Christ. We've been freed uh, from eternal punishment, but we don't practice the freedom that we could have in life, freedom into living in Christ. Paul in Galatians uh, 5 and Galatians 6 actually gives us some real clear practical steps, I think that all of us can understand, of how we function in the Spirit, so that we can actually not just be free from the punishment of sin and death, but freed into life in Christ. Just a quick summary here. This is what he says. He uses three different words to express how we operate in the Spirit. He says that we walk uh, by being led by the Spirit, so we walk by the Spirit's leadership, and then we keep in step with the Spirit, and then we invest in the Spirit. Three different concepts. One, being led by the Spirit. One, walking in step with the Spirit. And then, sowing in to the Spirit. And Galatians 5, 16 says this, walk by the Spirit, and therefore do not gratify the desires of the flesh. Do not walk trusting yourself by faith, expressing yourself through love. Motivation, motivation here is that we are overcoming sinful desires uh, by being led by the Spirit. So the, the hope here, the motivation to actually be led by the Spirit is actually to be freed from slavery of sin. 
uh, free from all the distractions so that we don't actually continue to give in to the temptations of this world. I, really, I recently uh, saw a child being led by the hand across a busy intersection, a busy street. And I'll never forget the look on this mom's face, uh, this very stern face uh, grabbing so hard uh, to the hand of, of, of her child that the hand's child turned red, but she wasn't gonna let go of that child for anything. She had a stern look on her face, a very determined look, and she was pulling that child across the intersection, keeping the child as close to her as possible leading that child away from uh, distractions and from certain destruction. The Spirit of God can lead us through past distractions and, of course, destruction. Uh, the Spirit of God can lead us past all this. Matter of fact, I love what it says that if you, if you walk by the Spirit, if you're led by the Spirit, uh, verse 16 says, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is a promise. If you are led by the Spirit, you will not fall into slavery back into sin. This is the promise of God, to walk by the Spirit. And we know this is an ongoing battle for us of this continual, consistent listening to God and allowing Him to lead us. He speaks to us and confronts our behavior, and He empowers us to be steered by Him. Are we listening? And are we empowered by Him to actually overcome and walk past certain destruction? Verse 24 says, that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When we walk by the Spirit, He will lead us into this death of our passions and our desires that, that seek to destroy us. Uh, verse 19 earlier says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. So the things of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, and divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Paul says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And he says, against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So the motivation of being led by the Spirit is that we actually can overcome the temptation that's around us at all times. Like walking across a crazy street that would be certain destruction if we stopped and watched a car plow into us that was cruising down the highway. The Holy Spirit takes us by the hand and walks us across, uh, helping us to avoid distraction and helping us to avoid certain destruction. So, walk by the Spirit, and the Spirit puts to death our evil passions and desires. Walk, be led by the Spirit. It goes on to say that if we then, if we are living by the Spirit, if we're being led by the Spirit, in verse 25 he says, let us also keep in step. This is a different approach to the Spirit. So in the one hand, you're being led like a parent holding your hand, pulling you, or uh, like a, a train that's, you know, lined up on a, on a train tracks and one train follows another, or being led on a specific journey, on a specific track. This is a different kind of walking. This is a term that is, is a military term. It's like um, uh, you're walking uh, with, with fellow soldiers. You're keeping in step, uh, like you're keeping in step. 
as, as a soldier, and you're watching each other step, and you're marching with the beat. You're marching to the beat of the drill sergeant uh, that's leading this particular force. So uh, we're encouraged by Paul not only to be led by the Spirit, but also to keep in step with the Spirit. It's, it's, a, it's a totally different concept. Uh, what's the motivation here? The motivation here of, being, uh, of keeping in step with the Spirit is that we... Uh, relate better to others because this continual, consistent keeping in step with the Spirit keeps us alert to His voice at all times so that when we're having conversations, when we're trying to relate to other people, the Spirit is speaking to us consistently and constantly and speaking into everything that we say, everything that we hear. And it, it's filtered through His, his direction, uh, through His wisdom, through His insight, through His discernment that only He knows. And so we are then privileged to His insight as we're relating to others. So we not only... Uh, are operating based on our perceptions, but we're also operating then on the perceptions of the Holy Spirit who knows everything. And so as we keep in step with the Spirit, we relate to others in a much more effective way. It's more of a partnership relationship here instead of a parent-to-child relationship. This is walking side by side with the Spirit. So the Bible says this in verse 14 of Galatians 5, the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Uh, verse 26, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. If we live by the Spirit and then we keep in step with the Spirit, we will not become conceited. We will not provoke one another. We will not envy one another. So the idea here is this. This speaks to an ongoing relationship with the Spirit. Not only uh, a once-a-day coffee moment where you just hang out with Him once a day, but actively relating to Him moment by moment, keeping in step with Him moment by moment. The practical side of this is in relationship. When someone is unkind to me, if I am keeping in step with the Spirit, I will listen for the Spirit's response instead of responding in kind. The way that I've been spoken to, I will not respond in that same way. The Spirit will lead me to respond in a healthy way. It doesn't mean that the other person will respond well to me, but I'm responsible for my side. The Spirit gives me leadership on how I relate to everyone. I was uh, verbally attacked about a year ago at a grocery store by an old friend. I was shocked at what I was hearing I wanted to lash out, but God said not to. I obeyed for once. <laughs> I was nice. I was gracious. I found out later that she was reacting to a whole other narrative that had nothing to do with me. Apparently, she had lashed out randomly to several people that day for no apparent reason at all. There's no way I could know that ahead of time. There's no way I could know that she was having a bad day. But the Spirit of God knows and and the Spirit of God told me to back off. So the Spirit of God, by speaking to me, by me listening, I avoided an enormous argument in the grocery store. It went on about my day without too much stress. God is calling us to relationship of trust that leads to actions of love. The result of your life is not to be religion of self. Uh, it is dependent relationship with Jesus that leads us to actions of love for others. With his insight, with his step, we are able then to to understand the perspective of the other person and respond in a loving way instead of responding in a way that's only from our own personal perspective. Am I keeping in step with my leader? Am I listening to keep in step? 
this walking in the spirit, keeping in step, moment by moment, is the key to healthy relationships. The one who sows, verse 8, Galatians 5, then gives us this idea of sowing into the, into the spirit. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. So this is a concept of a deeper commitment to spirit living. This is an investment. It's as though uh, we are a seed. The picture here is that we're a seed. And the picture, the word picture here is that we're, we're planted into the spirit and we develop strong roots. We grow in the spirit. We uh, allow our roots to grow deep, deep into relationship with him. And this penetrates all of our thinking. It's a lifetime commitment. It's a deeper, more serious, like a marriage, serious and a lifetime commitment and investment. It's a bit different than being led by the Spirit like a father to child. It's a bit different than actually just keeping in step. This is the investment of my life. What's the motivation here? According to Scripture, this investment yields eternal life. Sowing into the Spirit in, leads to eternal life, to, um, to complete total fulfillment in Christ for eternity. Uh, this is a deep investment. Uh, other words in Scripture are used uh, to, to express this, words like abide, uh, also uh, obeying, uh, and obeying no others. Don't be distracted. Be alert. Uh, this is this uh, idea of penetrating uh, deep uh, into uh, this other realm that we're used to. It's, it's investing everything, turning away from past and moving completely into a new kind of relationship. Bible says in Galatians 6, verse 6, let no one who let the one who is taught the word share all things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows into the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. As we sow into the Spirit, we reap life. We reap eternal life. We discover a whole new way of living. When I think about this term, this sowing into the spirit idea, I think of acacia trees that I've often seen uh, in dry riverbeds in Namibia and South Africa. I, I've amazed over and over again when these trees, I see them in a dry riverbed, and I know for a fact that there are times when when floodwaters come rushing down and try to take those trees uh, out of the dry riverbed, and they're unsuccessful. They can't do it. They'll bend the tree over, they'll try to take it, but they can't because the acacia tree's roots are so deeply embedded in that dry riverbed. They cannot be moved. It can't be swept away by a sudden flood. It keeps living for year after year through drought, through severe heat, uh, through uh, flooding waters, the tree continues to stay planted and firm. We're being asked to sow into the Spirit, 
because that truly is where we have life and have it for eternity. Ephesians 5 talks about another concept, uh, this idea of relating to the Spirit when he says, be filled by the Spirit. I think these two are similar. Uh, I think uh, the idea of sowing into and being filled up with is the same idea of complete, total investment into Spirit living. We are sowing into and we are being filled by, completely overwhelmed by the Spirit. We are immersed, invested in 100%. Ephesians 5, 15, Paul uses this, this concept. He says, instead of being Instead of getting drunk, instead of filling yourself up with alcohol, be filled by the Spirit. Don't be filled up with alcohol, but be filled up with Him. Don't turn to alcohol, turn to the Spirit. So we're invited to a full and meaningful life as we sow into, invest in, plant ourselves deeply into the Spirit. So Randall Lee Church, this guy who burned the house down. Burned the house down so he could be put back into prison prison never uh, he, he could never get beyond his freedom from prison into enjoying a life in freedom he was freed from but not into so he's freed from prison but not into life uh, he got stuck in his ignorance of the good life and so he went back to what he knew slavery imprisonment he used his freedom that he had had from prison to actually sin and be placed into confinement once again. What will we do with our freedom that we have in Christ? What will we do with the freedom from judgment, the freedom from hell, uh, justification? What will we do with that? I think we teeter in between with our conversations. We teeter in between conversion and walking in the Spirit. Uh, most of us, is this is where we battle. Uh, most people actually, once they come to faith in Christ, uh, most people believe that they're truly saved. But all of us struggle with actually moving beyond our salvation to actually living in freedom in the Spirit. This is kind of where we park very often. This is where we're stuck. We teeter right in between conversion and living. We've been freed from the punishment of sin and death. Uh, we've been freed uh, from... Uh, eternal condemnation, but we have also been freed into fullness of life in Christ. We are invited to be led by the Spirit on a daily basis so that we don't fall back into slavery. We are invited to keep in step with Him so that we can know how to relate moment by moment to each other, so that relationships can be meaningful and healthy. We're also invited to sow into, to invest deeply into the Spirit so that we can experience eternal life, so we can experience uh, life in Christ, completely full in Him. Why not allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, invest in Him, planting ourselves in Him alone, being filled to overflowing with Him, rather than filling up every pore with alcohol or some other destructive substance? Let's learn moment by moment from the Spirit of God so that we can learn what freedom really is how to enjoy this extraordinary gift from God. We've not only been freed from slavery, but we have been freed into life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This Spirit, the Spirit of God, is where freedom really lies. We need to be led by. We need to keep in step with. We need to sow into 
and we need to be filled by the Spirit of the living God. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This is Rico Veca, and I'm also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today. And it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.